0: two season three of the Jewish Road Podcast. That's right, we are back and just as good as we were last time. I want to say
1: wow. Just as good as we were last time.
0: (laughs) Don't don't you want to like come out with a bang and say, and better than ever, I think we're just as good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're yeah. good. We yeah. got some new stuff. We got some new stuff. Well, it's not new stuff, it's a new look at old stuff.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, uh, the Jewish Road podcast is part of the Jewish Road, which is a nonprofit that we started. And we are here to help Christians make sense of the roots of their faith. But not only that, we want to help Christians know who Jewish Jesus is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but we want to help Jews know that the Jewish Messiah
1: is Jesus. Is theirs. It is. It's theirs. And we want to help in making sure that we can get that message across to them. And Christians who understand these things are a real good uh, outreach to the Jewish community. That's right.
0: So we, when we've done this, and the, the whole thing of us coming together. Uh, by the way, my name is Matt. I'm uh, the young, energetic, really good-looking uh, guy on the podcast, and I'm here with my dad. I don't,
1: I don't know what that makes me. <laughs> well, you're the
0: old, old guy. Old guy. So yeah. 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 Uh, but we're here, and we started this because this is what we love to talk about. When we're not, when we don't have mics in front of us, we just. This is what we talk about. It's just kind of a thing. But mm-hmm. but we are. Messianic Jewish believers. We are Jews and we believe in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah.
1: And the remarkable thing is we're still Jewish. We're
0: still Jewish. We didn't we didn't switch teams, we didn't jump the train, we didn't go to a different dugout. We are Still
1: Jews. We're still Jewish.
0: And and we're going to talk a lot about this. We have talked a lot about it, but we are really zeroing in here uh, at the beginning of Season 3. Uh, but how we look at this is, really, we talk about it like a two-act play,
1: right? Right. Yeah. And it's as if the Jewish people all bought tickets to a two-act play. They went to the first act, saw the first act, and... At intermission, they got out, went to the lobby, got a drink, and went home.
0: That's right. Well,
1: And what happened then?
0: As, as they're going out, you know who's coming in. All of the Christians, they bought tickets to the same two-act play. Right. They got there a little bit late. Some people, I was at a Baptist church in Texas, they said, you know, we're always late, so... They come in there a little bit late, they cross the Jews in the lobby, and they go in, and they enjoy
1: the second act. And the problem is, they never saw each other again.
0: That's it. They've never seen each other again, and the other problem is that nobody really saw the whole thing. Right. So, you and I, we've seen the whole thing, and we're telling the other half of the story to the other half of the person. Right. Right. So, that's what we're doing. Yeah. And we're called the Jewish Road because we are trying to really, we, we believe that God's heart is for His people the chosen people. And we're gonna spend quite a bit of time
1: over yeah, the We're next gonna be talking weeks. about that.
0: That's it. Um, uh, but before we do that, we also like to have just a little bit of fun. We say inflict just a little bit of humor, and uh <laughs> we go back to this place called the Catskills. Oh
1: boy. Yeah, you know, that that uh place in upstate New York, uh it's really just about fifty miles north of New York City. Um the Catskills was just a great resort and a refuge and a departure from the everyday life for the Jewish people.
0: It's the Catskill Mountains the it's Catskill the mountain,
1: Mountains, right? and uh, it was also called the Borscht Belt, and uh, why? Well, because the Jewish people like borscht. Yeah, from yeah. Russia, right? The yeah. Europeans. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, the um, you know the whole idea of doing a little bit of humor inflicting you with a little bit of humor as we say is to kind of preserve and help understand uh what has it was really a part of my life and now i'm bringing it uh to another generation but uh, my my parents uh when they were married 1945 they uh went to their honeymoon up in the, the catskill mountains uh and it was a place uh where I think stand-up comedy was born. Um, You see, stand-up comedy is really an American creation. It's as homegrown as baseball and apple pie. And all stand-up comedy has a single source, and that is the Borscht Belt that we were talking about. Uh, The Jewish people were... Not welcome in a lot of places. And a century ago, Jews were banned from most hotels and clubs and resorts. Hard as that might be to, see, to, to understand, but There's summer...
0: different different time altogether. It's a
1: different time. Uh, in the summertime, every summer, uh, Jews from New York City began driving up Route 17 to the Catskills. Yeah. And they stayed there in... Uh, farmhouses that were rented by Jewish farmers who were up there scratching out a living. Huh. And as the annual migration got bigger and bigger, some of the farms turned into bungalow camps. And I remember, uh, you know, my parents and uh, grandparents, we we all went up to a bungalow at uh, one point, as would be in the 1950s, and uh, it sprouted up from bungalows into hotels, little hotels, and then bigger hotels. And some of these large hotels were filled uh, for the season. And uh, the whole idea of the Catskills was humor, Jewish humor. It was like an escape from, you know, the world down in the city. And they told jokes and the humor was self-mocking and letting the guests laugh at their lives and their spouses and their culture. And so we, we get a lot of these little one-liners from the comedians who were up there. And, you know, some other time we'll talk about who some of these comedians were. But, uh, you know, little one-liners like, uh, I just got back from a pleasure trip. I took my mother-in-law to the train, you know. <laughs> Those and, are
0: the, the original dad jokes, right? These are all the things that you would say growing up.
1: Yeah, yeah. And... uh You know, things like this morning the uh, doorbell rang. I said, who is it? And the voice said, it's the Boston Strangler. I turned to my wife and said, it's for you, dear. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, silly stuff, dumb stuff, but it was funny. And the people laughed at that. They laughed at themselves. Uh, They were coming out of difficult lives, and it was an escape. And it was a part of the life that uh, I was able to be in contact with uh, growing up in a house of a World War II veteran and uh, uh, grandparents who were immigrants from Eastern Europe. Uh, This was uh, a real focal point of our lives. So anyway, uh, a little bit uh, of background on the Catskills. We'll talk about it more uh, another time. But anyway, you have something from the Catskills that... uh,
0: Now now that we have a little bit of context here, now I can give you just a little bit of a joke here. Uh, It's about a guy. He actually walks into a resort in the Catskills for the very first time. It's one of those, you know, famous Borscht Belt places. And some of the old-time comics, they're sitting around, they're telling jokes, and one of the guys, he just says, 17, and everyone roars, and they're starting to laugh, and then there's another one of them, and he says, 32. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, yeah, and again, they're all laugh, they're all hollering. Well, the new guy, he walks in here, he's there for the first time, and he can't figure out what's going on, so he asks one of the locals next to him, he says, hey, what what are these old-timers doing? Well, the local says, well, they've been hanging around together so long, they know all the same jokes, so to save time, they've just given all the jokes numbers. So the new fellow, he says, well, that's clever, I, I think I'm going to try that. So he stands up and in a loud voice, he yells out 19 complete silence. Everyone just looks at him. Nobody laughs embarrassed. And he sits down again and he asks the local fellow, he says, what happened? Why didn't anyone laugh? He said, it's all in the delivery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: There oh my gosh. There you go. All
0: right. Well, enough of that fun humor. Um, we are gonna jump into what we got going, but I will also say, stay to the end because guess what? We're doing a little giveaway.
1: Yeah,
0: we got a giveaway. Yeah, but you, you got to stay to the end. Don't fast forward. Don't play double speed on on the on the podcast. There, you got to stick around and yeah. go through the We're whole
1: thing. not gonna tell them. We're gonna make them wait till the end. Right?
0: That that's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's a fast forward thing. I'm I'm sure they could do that.
1: But yeah. You know, you miss you'll out. miss too much stuff.
0: That's right. So, um, stay to the end. Uh, so, what is it that they are going to miss if they were going to fast forward? What are we here to do to talk about today, and even just like a little bit of a, a little uh, foreshadowing of what we want to talk about a little bit more in the next couple of weeks of this yeah. season?
1: Well, I think uh, one of the things we want to talk about is a chosen people. We want to talk about God's relationship with Israel, his eternal relationship with Israel. Uh, There's a lot of uh, mistaken understanding over that relationship, and we want to clarify some of these things according to the Scriptures.
0: Okay, so when we say the chosen people, and I I had a sense of this growing up, like I, I knew that we were part of the chosen people, why I used to go out in the playground. and I used to tell everybody we're the chosen people, and you're not. And got to you know tease them a little bit. But this
1: is this, this is why we say that the Jews are just like everybody else in the world, only more so. Only
0: more so. That's right. <laughs> um, so, but what what does that mean uh, to be chosen, and who is Israel, or what is Israel? Like, so what is this chosenness? Is it with? Because I, I I'm thinking of some people in our audience who say God's chosen people is Israel. Um, You know, some people, when we think of Israel, we think of a country out in the Middle East that's always
1: on the news. Yeah, Yeah, right. It's a geographical location. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the the whole idea of chosenness um, is a good topic because it's something that uh, a lot of Jewish people would like to understand better. Uh, When I was growing up, I knew I was part of the chosen people, but I didn't know what that meant. Or, Or if it was a good thing. Yeah, or if sometimes it wasn't such a good thing. Yeah, Uh, it it didn't always seem like a great deal. (laughs) Yeah, I'll
0: I'll ask you about that a little bit later. I have a question about that, but hold it for now. Keep going. uh,
1: Okay. Well, um,
0: yeah. Why? Why did we get chosen? Was it because we were better than everybody else, smarter, more good-looking, more numerous? Like, why why did God choose? No, no,
1: no, none of that. Um, Why choose the Jews? Yeah. Well. you know, that was a that was a question that Tevye had in Fiddler on the Roof. And he said, once in a while, God, when he's talking to God, can you choose somebody else for a little while? You know, and, uh, you know, sometimes we feel like that. Uh, you know, many of my uh, family members were lost during World War II in the Holocaust. Uh, and that may be true of many Jewish people out there who might be listening, uh, might have... Uh, family members who they lost or or know of people who uh, are survivors of the Holocaust. Uh, that one event in history is maybe one of the things that is so close in time that it's left a mark on the Jewish soul. And, you know, it has shaped our lives and it has kind of colored our identity as to who we are. So when we ask what does it mean to be chosen... You know, we don't really know the answer to that if we're not connected to God's word and the scriptures, uh, because that's where the answer is found.
0: Yeah, I I remember growing up as a kid; it was not a great thing to be chosen. It's almost like when you are teacher's pet; um, it's good the first couple of times, but after a while, now you start getting flack from all the other kids in the classroom. Yeah, right. And I, I remember growing up with the sense of I I don't know if I, I'm I don't know if all these other kids like me as much as God likes me, which uh-huh. obviously is true, but it didn't put me in a better place. Yeah. Um. I remember wanting to hide that. I remember hearing about the Holocaust growing mm-hmm. up, as we talked about Yom Hashoah, Holocaust Remembrance Day, and being scared as a kid. Like, what if this thing came back to get me? Um. This whole chosen thing is is not not really like, it's not a benefit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not the best thing. And, you know, uh, I, I would put it in, in a little bit different context because as I was growing up in my young childhood, uh, back in Brooklyn, New York, uh, we lived in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the public school I went to PS 97, <laughs> um, in Bensonhurst, uh, closed on the Jewish high Holy days. Mm-hmm. So we were in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. Now, when I, was, when I was a kid, a little after that, and my family made the move, the trek out west to California, which is where I did most of my growing up, uh, we, we kind of lost that, uh, that Jewish environment. Uh, although there were a lot of Jewish people who made that trek west also. And so we, we had a sense of Jewish community, but not a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. Uh, so uh, it was it was different than when I was a kid going to school in california i remember times when uh, i had to take different routes home and i didn't live that far from school but sometimes i had to take a long route home because uh there were kids hunting me down because of the fact that i was jewish yeah you so, just
0: you just said that a couple of weeks ago The first time i ever heard that that you would go and like what did that mean though like it was because you were jewish that they're chasing you down and what they chase you down to do what
1: yeah well you know. Uh, I was kind of getting bullied. Um, I hadn't hit my growth spurt yet, so I was uh, probably pretty vulnerable. You know, when, I remember when I became a sophomore in high school, uh, everybody kind of left me alone because I, I was bigger. But uh, I had to take a different route home from school many times. Um, I would go a long ways out of my way to avoid getting caught. Uh, and, you know, um, hate to say it, but, you know, kids would hit me, they'd spit on me, they'd call me a Christ killer. I didn't even know what a Christ killer was, right? Yeah,
0: and I, that'll be something that we hit in a, in a few episodes here when we talk about this idea of anti-Semitism. Where did that come from, and and how it's really reared its ugly head uh, once again is very much alive and well today. But yeah, that that idea and that concept of a Christ killer killed killed the Savior. How that is still very much a part of the hatred of the Jewish people today. Now, it's not only that, though. You know, so you know, being Jewish, being part of the chosen people, has actually brought more pain and suffering than happiness and joy. Oftentimes, is what it feels like. And you know, the moment that God said to Abram, "I choose you," then Satan he also said to Abram, "I choose you too."
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and that's something I think. Most people, believers, unbelievers, uh, Jewish people who read the scriptures all the time, uh, it's a fact that gets overlooked, that we have an enemy out there. And as soon as God narrowed his path down and said to Abraham, I choose you, there is an enemy that stepped in right away. And we ought to realize he's always there stepping in. Whenever you're doing something, you know, according to the will of God, He's not far behind, wants to mess it up.
0: yeah you look at job chapter one, right like and you have the enemy who comes into the presence of God and he says, "Where have yeah. you been? Where have you come from?" He says, wandering to and fro across the earth, right And then yeah. you get Peter in in the New Covenant saying uh, that he's like a, a a lion, a roaring lion seeking someone to devour right so yeah, yeah. so we have we have this very troubled past. Um, and and there's this persecution, from, from a Jewish perspective, over the years, Jewish perspective is that these are, it, a lot of times it's coming from people who claim to be followers of Jesus.
1: Yeah. Uh Christians. Within, within har- historical Christianity, um, it has concluded in many places that the Jewish people are no longer God's chosen people, because... Uh, They rejected their Messiah. I would insert at this point that not all of us rejected Jesus, Yeshua, as the Messiah. I mean, uh, this movement, this messianic movement, was completely Jewish uh, in the first century. In fact, for the first several years. Uh, But somehow, um, because of this, uh, God... Because of this rejection on the part of the leaders who led many of the people astray, uh, God is now through with Israel and the church is now the new Israel. And that's a real problem uh, scripturally, theologically, uh, and it's been the source of a lot of Jewish suffering by, you know, quote-unquote Christians. And I put that in quotations um, because I I have my doubts as to whether those people who perpetrated those things were really followers of Messiah. That's right.
0: about the chosenness of a people, we really need to look at the choosing of a man um, in Genesis chapter twelve. His name is Abram, or you may know him as Abraham. And and really in this spot, you know, Israel has a very special purpose in the world because it comes from a divine decree. And in Genesis chapter twelve, verses one through three, Um, God is establishing his relationship with the Jewish people um, and the nations, meaning the rest of the world. But it's coming through a covenant with Abraham, and it says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing." And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Yeah,
1: and you know, uh, that covenant, that statement in Genesis 12, which was one of the first things I went back to uh, when I first had to research some of the claims of uh, Jesus, Yeshua, as the Messiah, and where does Israel fit into all of this, one of the first places I went back to was was Genesis uh, chapter 12. In fact, I would say, um, I didn't read the New Testament for quite a while. I looked pretty exclusively at the Old Testament, at the Hebrew scriptures, what we would call the Tanakh, and I would look there, you know. Of course, uh, Jesus never quoted the Old Testament,
0: Never quoted the Old Testament?
1: Never He never quoted the New Testament, I'm sorry. Oh, the New Testament, okay. <laughs> Paul never say. quoted the New Testament. Uh, there you go. Peter never quoted the New Testament. They were busy writing it. So um, we we have all of the things that we have. Even, even you get to the end of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, and Jesus appears to these disciples on the road to Emmaus, and uh, they are you know, down and despondent because the one who they thought was the Messiah... uh,
0: Was just crucified.
1: Was just crucified. not
0: heard these things that have taken place in Jerusalem?
1: Yeah, we thought he was the one who was going to solve all of our problems, you know, and they're talking in the past tense. And uh, then Jesus, as he reveals himself to them, he teaches them everything out of the law and the prophets. He's back in the Old Testament again. Of course, that's the only book that they had. So... uh, this this whole idea of uh, what is spoken in Genesis 12 and this covenant that God makes with Abraham, it involves, number one, the land, and it involves, number two, the nation that he's going to make out of the people and how this covenant is going to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. That's that was always three. God's intent. Number three, right. Yeah.
0: So... So God, God speaks these words to Abraham, and He's choosing him as the progenitor of the nation. But He's not just choosing the Jewish people; the the choosing, the forming of the Jewish people. This is a creative act. Yeah. Right? So God is doing this, and and we see this creative act of making something out of nothing, um, even just throughout the Book of Genesis. Yeah, where, where I mean the first
1: up? the first verse in the Bible, uh, Bereshith bara Elohim. That word bara. In the beginning, God, out of absolutely nothing, created the heavens and the earth. God always, when he is doing his work, is generally creating something out of nothing, uh, especially when it comes to these new things that are taking place. So he calls Abraham, and he tells Abraham and Sarah that they're going to have a baby. Uh, Abraham's 99. She's 90, um, Sarah just laughs at the whole idea, which is why Isaac is called Yitzhak, right. it means laughter. And uh, he, he creates uh, out of the woman and the man who are virtually dead uh, well, for that. I,
0: I, out of the tomb of her womb, right? Yeah. Like there's nothing <laughs> That's there. That's a good
1: one, yeah. yeah like that? Yeah. Uh, there, there comes Isaac. Uh, it's a creation. And even Isaac and his wife, Rebecca, Rebecca was barren until Isaac prayed for her and the Lord answered in Genesis 25. And then Jacob was born. And Jacob's wife, Rachel, was She's also barren. barren.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so over and over again, you have this story and then and Rachel gives birth to Joseph and he happens to be the preserver of life for for this tiny nation of Israel, just starts with seventy people. They go down to Egypt and grew into the nation that Moses would eventually lead out of Egypt hundreds of years later.
1: yeah, yeah, you know it's interesting once when uh, a few years ago, when I was in New York, talking to a uh, an orthodox Jewish man, and uh, we're, we're talking about the messiah, and he says uh, he says he can't be born of a virgin uh-huh. and I, I said to him, well. What about Isaac? Yeah. And he says, "Ah, that's a miracle." <laughs> I said, "Okay." <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And that's I and mean, that that's one of the objections uh, to the Messiah. We'll we'll certainly get into those at, at some point too. But you know, God is the one; He's doing the creating and He's doing the sustaining of His chosen people. And all along, there there exists this question throughout our history, and it it starts with Abraham right off the right out the gates of. Are, are is God going to stay faithful to his covenant and he sets up this line of barren women and it's it's always in this point where you think like is it going to happen uh, is this the end of the people because if we ever get to the point of the end of the people then we have the end of the promise if we have an end to the people then we have an end to the chosen people and you have all of these these leaders throughout history these People who have come against Israel and they've tried to knock them out, right? You have this yeah. with with whether it's Babylon or whether it's you you know you got the Maccabees. You have even all yeah. the way up most recently to, to Hitler.
1: Yeah, and well, yeah. You you have you have the Crusades. You have the pogroms. The pogroms are why my grandparents, your great grandparents, left Russia and Eastern Europe. Right. They could have stopped the short the short stop in England. But they went clear across the Atlantic uh, to America, came in through Ellis Island and settled in Brooklyn, um, and they were all teenagers, and they came over by themselves, hmm. which was remarkable. Yeah, I,
0: I always think of them as old people coming over, but they were just
1: old when fourteen, fifteen, sixteen yeah. years old.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this covenant with with God's chosen people, with the Jewish people. Uh, it's it's unique um, in that number one, it's it's unconditional, right? It does not yeah. it's not dependent on the faithfulness of Israel.
1: No, and and it's not dependent on anything that they do. Uh, that's why it's a creative act. God starts it out as a creative act. Right. It's all up to him, and he's the one sustaining it. Uh, Israel has been disobedient many times. Um, And there has been pain in that. Uh, But I I would add, I would hasten to add that uh, all people, believers even today, are disobedient, need to constantly live in repentance, coming back to God.
0: Yeah. Um, And we can look, um, and I'll put this in the show notes, but in Deuteronomy 7, um, we, we just get a sense from God's perspective. He didn't choose Israel because... They were greater in number. They were greater in ability. Um, really, his choice of Israel uh, was based on his love and his faithfulness. And we'll get right. into that in our next episode here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, we talked in the beginning a little bit about Tevia and his question uh, to God can't you choose somebody else for a while? But, you know, to answer Tevia's question, really, God is not going to choose somebody else for a while. Uh, he's going to deal with his people, Israel, because he made a promise to them. He made a covenant with them, and that rests completely on God alone to fulfill his promise in choosing Israel.
0: Yeah, and yeah. And, and if we were going to maybe wrap this up a little bit here, um, that that God is doing this not so that, Israel would be exalted, but He is doing this for His name's sake, right? So in yeah. Ezekiel thirty-six, uh, verse twenty-two, it says this: Therefore, say to the house of Israel, "Thus says the Lord God: It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for My holy name, which you have been profaned, for which uh-huh. you have profaned among the nations where you went. Yeah, I will vindicate My holiness of My great name, which has been profaned among the nations." So yeah. God is saying, look, it whether whether you like it or not, um, I'm going to make sure that uh, my name is, is lifted up. Yeah,
1: yeah. he's going to bring them back to the land that he swore to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, and he's going to be their God, and they will be his people. And as a result of that, as he's lifting up his name, as you just read in Ezekiel 36, in Ezekiel 37, uh, yeah. verse 25 it talks about the fact that the nations then, when this happens, will know that it is the God of Israel who sanctifies his people. That's right. Yeah.
0: All right. So before we go, uh, we wanted to tell you a little bit about a giveaway. Mm -hmm. We have something to give you. Um, And it is in the form of a book. And the book is called The Jewish Jesus, Reconnecting with the Truth About Jesus, Israel, and the Church. And it's by a guy named David Hofbrand, who's becoming a new friend of ours. But
1: why do you like this book? I like it because he very uh, simply puts forth uh, all of the issues about looking at jesus through a jewish lens
0: yeah he's asking the question what relevance does it have for us that jesus is jewish and what difference should it make to our faith uh this is the book that you and i wish that we wrote we've been talking about this stuff our whole life and then it's like ah he stole all of our material
1: and he's younger than us yeah
0: how's that and and he's a brit um he's a brit (laughs) he's over there from across the pond and uh we reached out to him and we're actually, uh, we're working on, we'd love to be able to get him on the podcast and, yeah. and pummel him with some questions and yeah. ask him where he got all of his stuff from. But um, what we want to do is we want to give this away. But one of the reasons we want to do this, and this is something that we want to be able to incorporate over uh, this next season, is to be able to give some, some quality content away. Because what's the one thing, when we go speak somewhere, um, we, we get to talk to people who've been believers their whole lives. And there's something that they always say right when we're done.
1: Yeah, we—I I never heard this before. Where can I get more information on this?
0: Right, and yeah. it's there's not one place. This is a, a mishmash. It's a casserole of stuff that we've learned and picked up and read yeah. here and there. And even though we've both been through seminary, you don't get this stuff even in seminary. Um, but when we find a good resource, and there's a few of them out there, with without you know getting into like a two thousand page Arnold Fruchtenbaum yeah. Israelology.
1: <laughs> like, well, I tell you, when I first became a believer some 47 years ago, there was even less out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so there's certainly some great resources, but this is a great resource and we we really respect and like the work and when we did it we we're actually going down to Dahlonega, Georgia and you had this book with you. And you read most of it to me out loud, well, half of it. I had
1: a captive audience. he was driving.
0: <laughs> there's nothing I could do, so there you are, you're just reading I, I think we're follow us on social media at the Jewish Road, and I'll put a picture up there of him reading because Merrily and Kay are in the back seat, and you're just reading and they're taking pictures, and we're all just there's really? no I didn't know that yeah there's nowhere to go so I'll, I'll put that picture up there too. <laughs> Uh, but what? here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to put uh, this book and a little bit of a uh, little contest. Uh, when you get this, you'll go go to our Instagram page, at the Jewish Road. And when you do that, um, we're going to put in some stipulations. We have five copies to give away. And if you follow the rules, um, all of this is going to be taking place on instagram and facebook um and both of those you can find us at the jewish road go to our website the and you'll be able to connect with us there there'll be some instructions that are coming out uh this week uh when you see those you put them out we will pick five people randomly and when we do that uh we will send you the book um and join in and then we're hoping that we'll be able to announce that we'll actually have david hoffbrand here on the podcast yeah that'll be good yeah all right well, that's it. Episode one, actually forty-one, by the way. Forty-one is in the bag. Wow. Yeah. Any takeaway? Last-minute takeaway? What's something that we want to walk away with? That that
1: Israel is the chosen people of well, God. You know, you know I, I think back to one of my seminary classes, and one of, one of the teachers I had was Bruce Waltke, yeah, uh, out of Regent College, which is up around Puget Sound, uh, Canada, Washington, Canada, it's Canada. Yeah. Eh? yeah. And uh, I had him as, a, as an instructor long distance. Um, and he made a remark at one point that uh, just kind of was galvanized into my mind and stayed there. He said, if you don't understand what God is doing with Israel, then you won't understand what God is doing in the world. Mm, that's good. I like that.
0: All right. Let's get spot to Leave it. Um, and we'll, we'll be talking about this a lot more. So thank you for listening to the Jewish Road Podcast. Uh, you can stay in touch with us. You can continue to listen to the podcast, like it, subscribe it. Hey, leave us a review and say, this is good stuff. I like it. Um, and then you can follow us on social media. We've been putting up some blog posts. In fact, uh, we talk a, a little bit more uh, about what we've just talked about uh, on our blog. So you can see these up on, uh, on the website there. And uh, I think that that's about it. So yeah. thanks yeah. for listening. And until next time, Shalom Yerushalayim.
1: Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Psalm 122. All right. Shalom. Shalom.